0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Samuel Castle on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 0111. 706 0111. There'll be some time to utilize the hotline today, but the first two segments would be the best time to do so. We will be speaking with uh, Michael Schwab. Astros baseball, the juice box journal a little later in this hour. And then we have on the schedule for about 1015 Southside High head football coach, Josh Fontenot. So looking forward to those conversations right now, what's on top of my mind has been. I don't know if y'all have heard this, maybe like for the last 15 or 16 months, we've talked about it on this show. Uh the Saints need to acquire a running back. A running back. Like they've been we've been talking about that most of the world's been talking about. It most of the Saints world anyway has been talking about it for the last 3 or 4 months. I've been talking about it for 15 months. The Saints need another running back, a veteran running back. And, uh, look, is Kenyon, the news, you know, since we last spoke, the news broke about Kenyon Drake, that he's the odd man out in Las Vegas. He's a guy who's not extra old. He's not extra young. I think he's around 28. He, um, at times, has been a number one back, not a lot. He has, you know, they got a new coach with the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, and, you know, they drafted a running back out of Georgia that they like. He brought a couple running backs with him from the Patriots that he likes, so he's kind of the odd man out. And he was coming off an injury for last year, broke his ankle late last season. Missed like the last four games of the season, something like that. And he has played in all three preseason. Were they in three preseason games? I thought I read that he played in all three preseason games. Were the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders they might have been in the Hall of Fame game. But anyway, um So he's he he's he fits exactly the criteria that I've been wanting for a long time now for the Saints to acquire. Now, does that mean, you know, is it possible he's just washed up? That's always possible, especially at that position. Guys hit the wall hard at that position. And so I understand that's a possibility, but unless he just can't block, which I'm certainly not an expert on Kenyon Drake's blocking ability, but... You know he you know he went to the great school I mean he has to learn all the fundamentals right so um unless he's just not a good blocker i I just think he's he, he'd be a perfect acquisition now do you trade for him to make sure you could get him? you know, give up a six-round draft pick or something and make sure you get him, or do you wait until they release him and then you try to get him? Someone else might get him at that point. Uh, You at least got to get this guy tried out, I I think. You know, they tried, you know, Williams and Michelle and all these other running backs, and none of them were signed. I mean, again, I've heard a lot of people, they look at me like, yeah, okay, well, I don't want to hear anybody. If 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 Z twenty eight gets suspended or hurt, you know Superman's going to be hurt at that time because Superman is always hurt. So, I mean, and then and then what you're gonna, you are going to then you are going to say, oh well, we got Tony Jones. Well, we found out about Tony Tony Jones. If the Saints are in good position and they run out of running backs and they have to depend on Tony Jones, I will absolutely lose my mind. That cannot happen. They have got to acquire a running back. I mean, all this silly talk about Kurt, man, I mean, all that's fine. Oh, we want to make him Ty Montgomery. Well, Ty Montgomery was on our team last year. I don't want Ty Montgomery. I want an NFL running back. They got to pick up a running back. Not a special teamer who can also play running back. Not a wide receiver who can also play running back. I want an NFL running back. They have to acquire one. They just have to. They just cannot. I mean, could certainly. If they don't, they could get away with it. But if they get in a position where Z28 is suspended or injured and 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 you again i'm just assuming i mean i'm just assuming that at that point Z- superman is going to be injured and even if he's not you really want superman he's 84 years old you know you, we talk about dog years nfl running back years this cat is the oldest player that's ever played the game he been you know we the the saints drafted him in what the the draft after the medicine season. So in 2011, that was 11 years ago. He's a running back. He's 84 in dog years. Superman. So, I mean. Okay, so at that point. You're, you're either going to have an 84-year-old starting tailback or more than likely he'll be injured at that time as well. And then what you got? Then you're going to be just, you know, scouring the waiver wire, picking someone off the streak or playing Tony Jones or both. Why go through that? Get it done now. Just, Just better not happen. It's going to be too late to cry about then. Got to address it now. Don't wait till then. Do it now. Got to have an NFL running back on this team. Got to. There's just too much on the line. There's too much potential heartache down the road. They have got to get this done now. And look, I would love for it to be Kenyon Drake. I'm already thinking about nicknames for him. The cat called himself a playmaker yesterday. I, I, I think that's what we want to call him. If he any I mean, call the man a playmaker. call him playmaker. We already got a nickname ready for him. Let's go. I'm ready. He's got a great, first of all, his, his real name, Kenyon Drake's a great name. So his name's so good I don't even need a nickname, but we gave him one anyway. I'm, all, I'm already ready. A playmaker. The other thing that we've heard is that Antonio Gibson is sliding down the commander's depth chart. Some people are suggesting he's all the way down to being a kick returner and a third string running back. This cat's young, Antonio Gibson. I mean, they need to consider that. I mean, I don't know what it would take to get them, but they need to at least make a phone call. I'm not saying I'm I'm locked in on any one of these individual running backs. I just want a veteran NFL running back, somebody who has led an offense, even if it's for just half a season, somebody who's been a bell cow running back for at least half a season, that's what I want. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello.
2: Morning, foot.
1: Good morning, sir.
2: Nah, uh, man, Yankees fans lost their ever-loving mind, man. Did you hear 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 RP three this morning? What that Yankees fan was doing?
1: I I I did not know, sir.
2: So they, I, I, they apparently they had a Yankees fan last night. That poked a hole through his hot
1: dog. Oh, yeah, I saw it, that. I did see that. Yes, I did see. That. When I came in today, they showed me the video of this. I, first of all, how did anybody get this on camera? And second of all, what was he doing? Like
2: that Yankees fans for you, man. They delusional, just like Paul. That's probably how he eats his hot dog, like I said. I promise you that's how he eats it. Nah, maybe if you do that with a link of boo dam, maybe. That might be a, a different story, you know. I mean, but still, I don't think I'd even ruin a beer like that, you know. I mean, come on, man. Nah. Uh, I got another question for you, foot. Now, let's just uh say uh James gets hurt, Andy Dalton gets hurt, and you gotta rely on in book and and Kamara gets hurt, and you gotta rely on Tony Jones. Man, wh- wouldn't you lose your mind then, huh? Uh, maybe let's, then you'll be a Cowboys fan, let, huh? Let,
1: let, let's not talk about. This
2: depressed uh, I mean, I was actually yesterday, you know, but uh, I forgot. But man, what would you do, man? I think I think I'd have to go visit you. I, I the don't hospital. even
1: know if Ian Book's going to be on this roster. Like, I don't even know if he's done enough to even be on the practice squad. I, Did you
2: draft the fantasy team?
1: Oh come on now! <laughs> come on now! Oh mother! Not no chance.
2: Milkshake. Oh boy!
1: <laughs> Thanks for the call. All right. Well, Take care. Yes,
2: sir. Go Cowboys.
1: Um, Well, go Cowboys in the first game for sure. Um, After that, you're on your own. But it's – I don't know. It's just got to happen. Again, I like Kenyon Drake because he can catch the ball at the backfield. He can run. He's done both roles. He's been a backup. He's been a starter. He's experienced, you know, no culture shock. I'm all for it now. Is he 100% healthy? I don't know. Again, there are health concerns, and it is true that running backs seem to hit the wall uh, quicker and get washed up quicker than a lot of other positions. So they got to figure all that out. I'm not saying I got to have him, but I got to have one. And he seems like as good a tr- uh, an option as any of them that we've talked about from the very beginning. I still don't know what book he is. Where is that guy? <sighs> They're killing me. All right. Well, uh, we got the official news yesterday about the Cajun starting quarterback. It, You know, we t- we, we've, we we over the last month since camp started, we've talked about all the reasons why it would be Chandler Fields and all the reasons why it could be uh, or it would be potentially uh, Ben Woolridge. And, you know, essentially what it came down to, I think, is they wanted to be a, you know, for, for those of us that are old, like me, who remember Howard Cosell, Monday Night Football in the 70s, he used to talk about, um playing not to lose, he hated the prevent defense. And he used to say something like Um, When you play not to lose, that's usually the result. And um <clears throat> I think in the end, Coach Dez and Coach Leger, they want they chose a quarterback that they think can go out and win them game. Now, again, the the trick is to be able to hit big plays without turning it over too much. And I don't think they want to play scared. I don't think they want to continue to try to win games by just just only because we have fewer turnovers than you, even though they want to have fewer turnovers. I think they want to win games by throwing the ball down the field and taking advantage of the strength of their team, which is the – um. The wide receiving core, and so it was an offensive move. It was an offensive decision, and when we, I mentioned it yesterday, when when we saw the second scrimmage, it was obvious that Chandler Fields was the one that was capable of throwing those deep sideline routes to a tight end like a Neil Johnson or to wide receivers who could get down the field, and so. Um, and, he, and he had that fantastic pass to, to Caleb that we talked about a little bit yesterday, kind of threw it right, really hard, you know, good arm, and, and put it in a very small window to a covered receiver. So, in other words, they're going to be aggressive. They're not going out there playing not to lose. They're going out there with a mentality, we're going to try to win this game. <clears throat> and it's going to be fascinating to monitor as the season goes on. How many big plays they hit in relation to how many um, turnovers they can uh, and and how they monitor or can reduce the amount of turnovers. Also, as expected, not a surprise that he's been kind of throwing out hints, is that Coach Dez announced that um, they do have a plan, especially early in the year. And what that means, if it doesn't work, they'll just drop it. Um, but early, you know, I don't know if it's going to be every third or fourth series that Ben Woolridge will get into the game. Uh, very similar to what they did with Andre Nunez and Levi Lewis back in 2018 when coach Napier first got here. So very interesting scenario. Uh, again, I think Cajun fans and Cajun fans aren't unique fans of every team across the country, especially in, you know, if you're, at, like, a high school level, or if you're, like, at Army or Navy, who, you know, where you just run the triple option, most other fans across the country like an aggressive passing game. And um, and so Cajun fans aren't unique there, and they, they're going to excite. They want an aggressive passing game, and I think Chandler Fields is going to give them that, so I think there are Cajun fans um across the region very excited about it and it's going to make the games interesting for sure. Um could be a lot of big plays and we'll see how that plays out again and all starts against Southeastern first Saturday in September should be lots of fun. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and continue to address those very significant issues and Yearn, yearn, yearn for the day that the Saints pick up a veteran running back. At least that's what I'm going to be doing. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure, Cruz. Pleasure Cruise, now a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks, also known as Tom Brady's career. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to footnose Kevin foot on the game Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros want to remind you about the ultimate tailgate giveaway. You could win $500 at chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, cooler set of chairs, $500 visa gift card, as well as tickets to Cajun games, LSU games, and more to win this great prize. You need to enter the Games Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, you. Howdy, sir. Hello. <laughs>
3: I kind of missed the first segment uh, a little bit, but I know, I know you were talking about Kenny and Drake, but did you hear the news that they were trying to cook it out at running back?
1: Yeah, but what does that accomplish? I mean, again, I don't want a special teamer at running back. I don't want a wide receiver at running back. I want an NFL veteran running back at running back.
3: Well, I think that, like, it kind of tells a couple things that, like, you know, They're they're also not comfortable with any of the running backs that are on the team, you know. Don't you you kind of?
1: Well, I mean, they're 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 just trying to add. They're trying to add the flexibility. Ty Ty Montgomery gave him flexibility. He could play running back when they needed to. He could play wide receiver, and they're and they're trying to get Merritt to 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 play that role. But but Merritt will not be a solution if if Z twenty eight is ever suspended or injured. Uh, to be an NFL running back option for this team.
3: So, okay, do you feel like running back and linebacker are kind of in the same boat? Uh,
1: I'm not nearly as worried about linebacker as I am running back, no. But, like, what if Demario Davis gets hurt? (coughs) There is no replacing Demario Davis. So, again, I look at Demario Davis – Kind of like I did Drew Brees all those years. Everybody, all they talked about was, oh, got to get a backup quarterback. Got I mean, I don't, if you lose Drew Brees, you're in trouble anyway. There is no replacing him. I'm talking about when he was in his prime. And so it didn't do any good anyway. I don't even worry about that. But, but this, that's, that's more of a fluky thing. This running back situation is not fluky. It's not fluky to think that Superman's going to be hurt. He's always hurt. It's not fluky. To be to say that Superman has always been old for a long time, and they yeah. got to address this situation.
3: Yeah, well, I'm with you though. Totally. Like you know, I'm just waiting for the news to break that we we signed King and Drake. You know, and him and Alec America get along apparently. You know, they're like kind of like buddies. <coughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I just I, I know we really I think him. he would, I think yeah, the, I would be the, on the cloud nine uh, knows that they need another running back. You know what I'm saying? You would think. I, yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting if Kirk Merrick can actually be like a Ty Montgomery or a Tavaris cadet or something like that, you know? I just, I just,
1: I mean, it's nice that he has that ability. He's an intriguing player, but that's not going to solve the problem.
3: So, okay, all uh, right, one more question. Uh, do you think, this preseason, or this last game coming up, are we going to see Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton? Or is it going to be another game of Ian Book? Well,
1: I'm expecting another game of Ian Book. Like, why would you get this close? And, you know, again, well, the answer to that question is because you feel like he needs some playing time, which I, I can understand that, but I just don't think they're going to go that route. I I don't know. I don't have any. No one's told me anything, but i I just kind of expecting to watch Ian Book um, crash and burn again. And
3: how fair is that to like, you know, evaluate talent when you, you know, have that guy? That is a family. very
1: interesting point because we, you know, one of the things that came up over the last week or so that is that Coach Des dealing with the Cajuns talked about is that he's got he he to evaluate these other players and or, or or even to evaluate the quarterback position he he want he want he tried to get like equal amount of reps with each one with like first team guys or set, you know not like you know playing with a bunch of freshmen and then and the quarterback's just throwing a freshman with a backup offensive line in other words apples to apples comparisons and and that's a good point like how do you evaluate these guys at wide receiver when you got right. Ian Book okay. throwing to him you know
3: exactly and even the offensive line too. you know how everyone was getting on Trevor pinning that first game how hard is it to block for Ian Book that dude does everything wrong. <laughs> he's just, he's you know, just, he, great. like, he can't, he can't navigate the pocket correctly. I mean, he's just like, it's just awful. It's, yes. Uh, and, like, people complain about how, like, uh, you know, oh, he's just a backup quarterback. Well, I've seen, you know, there's other preseason games and there's other backup quarterbacks that look way better than Ian Book.
1: McPherson hey. was more fun to watch than this guy.
3: It's, it's bad. like Yes, it's awful. Uh, All right, can we take it?
1: Thanks. No, it's bad. And uh, just please don't ever draft another stupid quarterback. I mean, it's just like – I mean, Mike Buck was at least kind of sort of fun to watch because he had this cannon arm and could throw the ball deep. He didn't complete very many of them. But he was like, you know, having a this home run hitter, you know, that could come up and – he hardly ever did it, but every once in a while, he you know he would complete hit a home run on for you. I mean, like what other drafted quarter? I mean, they haven't had any. Like stop drafting quarterbacks. I hate drafting quarterbacks. And 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 you, and you drafted, gave away a third round for Garrett Grayson, who was awful. And then now, you you know, you trade up a fourth round for this donkey. I mean, just stop drafting quarterbacks. It's such a waste. And then people for years had to fight. I want to go draft, draft a quarterback for what? <sighs> they, they just kill me with that stuff. No. Again, I, I he, we heard the Kurt Merritt stuff at the beginning of camp, how he could do both. It's nice that he could do both, but it's not going to help me. That's not going to help this team. That's not what they need. They need a running back playing running back. I don't want a guy who can't even – he's not even going to make the team as a wide receiver. But he's going to help you at running back? I mean, I kind of expect him to be a practice squad guy – he, you know, he flashes a return guy in the last game. It's not that I'm against him, but, I mean, he might have made the team last year, but there's just so much more depth at wide receiver. Let's just focus on a wide receivers being wide receivers. <sighs> They're killing me with all this stuff. Got to have a running back. Now, I don't uh, – I have not read that there's – I mean, I did not know that there's some sort of off-the-field relationship between – Z28 and Kenyon Drake <clears throat> were they at were they at Alabama together? I guess that's possible. I would have to go back and compare the years, but that could be that could be the case. Um even better. Z28 could be the reason. He could convince them to do it. Sounds wonderful. Whatever it takes. I mean, again, whatever it takes. Game hotline is 706 0111. We'll be talking Astro Baseball in the next segment, but there was a big base, some big baseball games last night. It's easy when it's not your team. I will say that up front. But. Uh, a couple games ago, was somehow oh, how in the world can the Braves beat Scherzer? Well, I said at the time, he's just a man. He's a he's a very good pitcher, but he's just a man. Braves crushed him. Um, <clears throat> how in the world can the Yankees beat Max Scherzer? Well, he's just a man. Got beat again. Got roughed up again, which I don't like. He's on my fantasy team, but um. And then they pushed back DeGrom. So, who knows? The Yankees might get hot all of a sudden. It's baseball. It can change in one day. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
4: Man, you need to lay off the uh, the, the drafting quarterbacks thing because I can tell you the same thing about cornerbacks. Remember, Jean-Baptiste in the second round, what a wasted pick. Linebackers, it's it's not an exact science, Kevin. Fred, you,
1: Fred Weary yeah. wasn't a wasted pick. That's day one was not a wasted pick. All the cornerback picks have not been wasted picks. Every quarterback no, I'm, pick I'm, has been wasted.
4: I'm just saying, you miss, it's not an exact science. And the quarterback position, we talked about this the other day, some quarterbacks have the ability to slow the game down, and some simply don't. They got by on their athleticism in college, and unfortunately, Ian Book looks like one of those guys. It's not like the Saints were the only team interested in Ian Book. And
1: the Saints the have not drafted a quarterback. End, if
4: works out, you're saying we got Joe Montana.
1: The Saints have and not drafted got- a quarterback since 1971 that did anything.
4: Oh, no. And look, I'd argue that the Sean Payton's biggest weakness as a coach and ironically as big as an offensive genius as he's touted, he has never developed a quarterback. I mean, you could say maybe Taysom Hill, but that's more gimmicky than real quarterback. He has never had to develop a quarterback and anybody he's drafted has turned into poo poo and and book is a is a sean payton guy i don't think dennis allen's gonna waste his time i think allen's gonna be like i got no love lost with this guy you're out of here but and look i tend to agree with you i'd say let somebody else kind of develop them you got you got guys like garoppolo on the wire that's better than drafting and taking a flyer at least the guy is serviceable so i think you get players that have proven themselves in the league that come available at that position. So I'll agree with you on that. But it's kind of hard to to throw the whole draft process out Uh, the window because uh, they missed on quarterbacks.
1: Y'all can can draft quarterbacks all you want. I hope the Saints never draft another quarterback ever.
4: Well, look, if you're taking them in the third, especially the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, that's not a wasted pick. It's It's taking a flyer on a guy. And look, you can say – if you want to fuss at him for missing on on book in the fourth round, well, then you got to sing his praises for getting a, a Colson in the seventh round. So
1: well, it's, yeah, it's, but that you can do both. Science. No, this is not. they're not mutually exclusive. Look, if you want to pick a you know Tommy Stevens or somebody stupid in the seventh round, that's fine. But the first four rounds, you 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 even five rounds, you you can't waste picks <laughs> on quarterbacks. That's stupid
4: waste picks in the first five rounds because it's not a science you draft a guy based on what you saw the guy's college game field was off the chart
1: no it was not it was not that is not true the saints were very much in the minority on ian book he was drafted way ahead of where he was supposed to be picked
4: isn't he the winningest coach i mean the winningest quarterback in notre dame history
1: all that's a bunch of garbage
4: it's a, sorry, garbage. Kev. It's no. about wins and no. losses no. in the in in, no. in football. No, and the That's guy garbage. found a way to win. It's just you put them on the field, and it just looks like the game is too fast for them. And you will never know if a game is too fast for somebody until you put them on the field. Well,
1: no, you know, let did. someone else put them on the field, and you only take the ones that it's not too fast for. That's real easy.
4: It's, look, I hear you. You just, I'm, I'm, I'm not heartbroken because the fourth round pick didn't work out. We needed a quarterback at the time, and no, they took a didn't. flyer that, on no, one. No, we
1: did. No, we did. And just it didn't silliness. work. We will never agree on that. Anyway, we'll, we'll never. I don't want to ever pick another we quarterback. Agree
4: on, but it's kind of hard to sit there and trash the process. How do you, how do you feel about a guy? Like uh, Ryan Leaf taking second overall, and he didn't. Totally work out. different it's just scenario. Not an exact science. You, totally, you totally don't different know scenario. Until you get the guy and put him on the field, and the bullets start flying.
1: Totally different. And I'm scenario.
4: disappointed because I thought he was actually a, a molded in the way the quarterback in today's NFL is going toward you. The teams are <laughs> drafting running quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks, and uh, so I thought in that aspect, I thought they were. Sticking with the trend of what they wanted. Unfortunately, the guy just doesn't look like he has it at that level.
1: He's just not not good. All right, I got to take a break.
4: No sweat, bro. Always fun.
1: All right. Take care. Take a time out. We'll come back. Shift gears to Houston Astro talk with Michael Schwab at a Jukesbox Journal next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these, oh, you're
3: an idiot.
0: You know, what kind of SAFE fan are you?
1: Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen, I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more
0: than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's, Louisiana's sports, Station. sports
1: Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And speaking of the Astros, we have with us Mr. Michael Schwab. How are you, sir?
5: I'm doing alright, but how about yourself,
6: sir?
1: Well, you know, it was it was an interesting week last week. You know, you, you, you started out with the bullpen blowing two games where you had two run leads late in both games and didn't happen, and then you score 21 runs and get 84 hits, and you're like, what in the world's going on? And then you blow a game on Saturday against the Braves, and then you have a nice comeback victory on Sunday, so I mean, what a week. It's so much up, so many ups and downs there.
5: It really was. You know, I think it'd be fine for them to forget that this road trip even existed. (laughs)
3: You know,
5: they took three wins out of seven games, which is not ideal. Uh, I mean, honestly, just, you know, a lot of these games were really close, except for the twenty-one run one. that one was nuts I think you, you you scored more runs in that game than any other game in the series um, but you know I, I think it, it's hard to see the team take it so early you know the pitching the starting pitching do so well and then it's the bullpen to come out and, and kind of really ruin a lot of these leads now it, it you know when you first see that it makes you worried that oh my gosh is the bullpen done what's going on but Chandler Roan from the Houston Chronicle talked about it and. and that if you look at the stats themselves and you look at the batting average and balls in play, I mean, right now, they're getting unlucky plays. Look at Ryan Sanek against the Braves who gave up two like a, what was a check swing hit as well as another uh, random hit. Both had uh, expected batting averages, you know, at point one zero zero. So it was just unlucky. And Atlanta, we ne- you know, Astros just have the worst luck against Atlanta. So, I, you know, I, I just took it all like, gosh, let's forget that even existed.
1: You know, I, at the beginning of the season, uh, I, I didn't know what to think of Hector Neris because he, he hadn't, he wasn't exactly, you know, coming with great, he hadn't been great with the Phillies and he's been good, but he was never a great pitcher. And for the first half, he pitched great. I still don't think he's pitching bad, although he left some pitches up to Grossman. The, the hit to Grossman was, was, was up, but but uh, but I really haven't lost faith in him yet. Uh, Montero has kind of not pitched as well lately. But if you look, like, he's walking batters, but it's not like he's really, really wild. He's just, for the whole first half, everything was right on the corner. And I just wonder if they're hitting a little bit of a wall, what we call the dog days of August, and then once they get to September, they're going to kind of <laughs> rebuild again.
5: Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. I mean, you know, you and I talked about this. The Astros, you know, in August, you know, for the most, most part, have never just been the best. But here's what's really tough, is that when you have a six-man rotation, which the Astros are doing right now, what happens is you lose a reliever. And so you're taxing your relievers right now more than they really should be and, and they've been playing with borrowed time because the schedule has been relatively easy and they've outperformed against teams like the Yankees and the Mets and some other ones. But it's really starting to show that when you lose that that reliever, you know, it really hurts the other guys. And so um you know I think they're still gonna six stay with that six man because they want to make sure McCullers and Verlander don't get too high in pitch count. But that's really going to be tough on the relievers themselves. So what's going to happen in September is you're going to get two extra roster spots. They'll probably bring up either Seth Martinez or Hunter Brown, who can be a long reliever to help bring some little help to them. And all that matters is just getting healthy to the playoffs because right now they're going to go.
7: You know, I'm not, you
5: know, I, it would take, I don't know what to happen. The, the Space City Cowboys to be the team because everyone's injured, knock on wood, to not make the playoffs right now. Right now, they're outperforming even the 2019 Astros. that have the best record in franchise history. If they win tonight, they'll have the best record in 124 games in Houston history. So, they are doing great. You're going to lose some games you don't want to lose. You're going to win some games you didn't mean to win. Um, But the the bullpen needs a rest. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, no question. Now, the guy I call Pedro Grande... um, Yordan Alvarez, are you clear what happened to him in Atlanta? Because I I had a lot of distractions, uh, non-sports distractions last week, family-wise. So explain to me exactly what happened.
5: So what happened with Yordan, and this was, you know, I talked to some sources with the team. I talked to just different people around there. Everything was fine after the game. They got him checked out at the ER. Uh, they made sure he was okay. Then he was back at the hotel. The biggest thing that happened was it was muggy and hot, uh, as Atlanta is. And then you had these fireworks go off. And all these things were really messing with him out in the outfield. And so what happened was he was struggling with dizziness and shortness of breath that a ball was fouled off that gave him the opportunity to literally sprint to the dugout and let him know he wasn't doing well. Uh, After that, you know, the EMTs and the medical staff at Truist Park came and checked on him to make sure he's okay. They sent him to the ER immediately to make sure that all his vital signs were fine. And it, he checked out. Everything looked okay. It was just precautionary. But it does, it's a scary moment, especially as for fans to not know what's going on when your star player leaves the game for no reason. Uh, but he's fine. He didn't play the game after that just to get some rest, and he's back. was back in the l- lineup. And I expect him to be back in the lineup tonight. So it, it was just really kind of a, a rough moment. Dubon messed up his elbow, but he's okay. The biggest thing is Alenis Diaz, who learned who his groin, who that hurt the team to lose him for a bit, and he went on to the injured list.
1: You know, and you wonder whether he's going to. A lot of times, when guys go on cold or hot, then when they come back from the IL, it, 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 they go in the other direction. One, one last thing before. Uh, we, in uh, we let you go, you know, Dubon early on, I loved his versatility, but he wasn't getting any hits and he's starting to mix in a few base hits. So, um, you know, uh, he, he, might really pay some dividends down the stretch. I think
5: I really think so. And I think Mauricio was a great trade. They got rid of, uh, Michael Burpicki or I can't remember how the best way to say his name, but he was a catcher, LSU guy, great guy but he wasn't getting the place, and now you see that he's with another team. So really they gave up, you know, a, a prospect for nothing to get Mauricio, who is a versatile player. You can play him in the outfield. You can play him at second or shortstop. And so what he's pretty much playing is this Marwin Gonzalez position that they need the versatility. You need Les- Elad Mathias, You need Mauricio Dubon. You need players that can step up in moments, specifically defensively, Deep in the playoffs. And that's one of the great things about the Astros right now in years before. They have depth. They have extreme depth. And it, it, it hurt to lose Michael Brantley, but they were able to replace him with a bat, with, you know, of course, Jordan playing in left and Mancini as well. So the depth is the best thing for them. And Dubon is stepping up to the plate. You know, I, for me personally, I just want to see him stay healthy and be, bring his glove. If he hits 200, so be it. He's more of a pinch runner. Maybe he'll pinch hit sometimes, but really they just need him for
1: his glove. All righty, sir. Well, we appreciate your time as always. Let's hope this week is a little less kind of Rocky Mountain-ish than last week.
5: Yeah, it's our home series, and Carlos Correa is back in Houston since game six of the World Series of last year, so they'll pay tribute to him and the crowd would cheer as they should. He's one of the best shortstops to play with the Astros, but uh, it'll be an interesting series versus the Twins. It'll, it'll be good, so let's see what
1: happens. All right, thank you very much, sir, Michael Schwab. Thank you, a, Have a good one. Th- thank you. you too, Michael Schwab at the Juice Box Journal. Appreciate uh, his comments as always. And uh, no, the whole thing with Perro is kind of strange, but hopefully that is behind. And we will take a time out. Come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. want to remind you about the Black Pot Cook-Off. The Orneville Volunteer Fire Department is hosting a Black Pot Cook-Off on Saturday, September 10th. Cooking begins at 8. The eating begins at noon in the Flower Auditorium. In Arneville. Also, plenty of live music, in ch- including Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Sonier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit ornevillefire.org. All right. it w- This would be made up. I mean, this sounds made up, but this really happened. As soon as I got off, the um in this segment with Michael talking about the Astros I just you know it's just natural I'm sure a lot of you have to you hit your phone so my phone's sitting right here I just hit it and, and 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 the very first thing that comes up is a story and this is the headline Saints tabbed for another second round quarterback in the preseason. 2023 mock draft. Well, first of all, why are we mocking NFL drafts? We haven't even played this season yet. That's one, but you gotta be kidding me. Somebody's mock draft for next April has the Saints picking a quarterback in the second round. I mean, uh, again, this is all just Got to be some massive plot to kill me. Like, again, I... Why are we doing mock drafts in August when we haven't even played the season yet? One. And two, why in the world would anyone want to pick a quarterback in the second round? I I, I just... These people just kill me with this quarterback stuff. And again, we for the we've been talking about this for years. Draft a quarterback. Draft a quarterback. They want to draft a quarterback. It just it just, it's almost like the fact that that was the first thing I saw. Just it's just absolutely amazing. The the odds of that are, are it's just insanity. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned.
0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Yeah. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcast. On Stadium, 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, if you agree with Joey or disagree with Joey about picking a quarterback uh, we certainly can discuss that. Been doing it for years. My my opinion has not changed. If you have any opinions on running back, Kenyon Drake, no Kenyon Drake. You know, if you're comfortable with Kurt Merritt being the backup running back, I don't even I disagree with that. But any of that certainly. Uh, if you have some opinions on the Saints settling its quarter I'm the Saints, the Cajuns settling announcing a starting quarterback in Chandler Fields. It makes sense. I mean, he's been the backup for a while. He's been here for three years, so it's his turn. But there was some reason, you know, from the spring game and from before, and um, so, uh, supposedly there was some weeks last week, last season, where Ben Woolrich who transferred, uh, I think it was in January of 2021 of last year, Uh, from Fresno State. It picked up the playbook really quickly, and there were some weeks where he would have been the backup quarterback last season had Levi been out. And so certainly we could talk about that. Major League Baseball as well. Yankees beat the Mets last night, and the the Cardinals won one to nothing. Jordan Montgomery throws a one-hitter. I say it every year that there are pick, there are tr- guys that are acquired at the trade deadline that th- they're not big headlines. It's not who we've been talking about for weeks. Who's going to get this guy? We don't even know. Maybe a lot of times if he's even going to be traded. And Jordan Montgomery was traded for Harrison Bader. It was late. It was right before. It was late that afternoon. Right before. Uh, you know, very shortly before the deadline. Didn't you know it it raised some eyebrows? Like, why are the Yankees trading a starting pitcher when they don't have that much starting pitching? And but it wasn't you know everyone was talking about Soto and that you know that's where all the focus was. And this guy has been fabulous for the Cardinals. I mean, incredible. He's probably done the best of everyone who's been traded. I mean, it's you just never know how that stuff's going to play out. All right, let's go. To the game hotline, hello. morning. Good morning.
8: You know, uh, some of you talking about Montgomery. I was just talking to a father of mine. When there's some teams when they acquire a player, it is uh, that player just seems to uh, get better in that organization. And uh, there's about four or five organizations that I could point to, and I think St. Louis is one of them. It just seems like when players go there, they just seem to get better.
1: No, that that that's fair. I mean the Rays do that, and the Astros have done a good job with that at pitching, yes. and and your yes. team's one of them as well.
8: Yeah, yeah, you name know, for the first name all the ones I, all, that's what I'm talking about, and it, you know Kevin, is this? I just think these organizations are <coughs> well put together and they well they well coach. You know what I mean? They they have a good coach, and when you get a player in there, they they scout these players on the other teams, and when they get these players, that they know how to adjust and make them better. It's, and no, you're right. <laughs> I mean, look, Kevin, how about that pitcher from the Marlins? Let me tell you something, that the Cabrera is going to be a
1: superstar. Have
8: you ever seen him pitch yet? The one that pitched, uh, that uh, uh, eight shutout in that night, hasn't given up an earned run since he came off the DL?
1: I have not You've seen him seen pitch, him? no, sir.
8: That's a guy that got the the, the, the hardest changeup, the, the, not a four-mile-an-hour changeup. It's, it's what the major, league, the major league players haven't seen it yet. I think whenever he plays the team that pitches against him the first time, they've they never seen that pitch. And he moves all over the place, and I'm just telling you, this this kid is going to be a
1: superstar. Man, do y'all own a la contra, Though I mean, well, not, many, not many people do. Though no, not many people do. But y'all just absolutely blast him. It's 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 one of the many fascinating things about sports how just certain teams own certain players, even really good players. Like y'all might have cost him to Cy Young over the weekend.
8: Well, I tell you what though. I know he's ugly, but, boy, I love me some ginger gold. Oh, Kevin, that's going to be, the I think, a key to our puzzle, buddy.
1: Wait, he who's that?
8: Ginger gold, that's for Oh,
1: yeah. Well.
8: <laughs> Kevin, you know, he's going to be our number one dollar going to the next season. Oh, come on. I mean, ooh, ooh, I mean, I, either him or I
1: drafted that guy last year. He got hurt. He's out for the season. Sick.
8: Of me. Well, yeah, I drafted him last year, too, but he was supposed to be doing great. Before you got hurt,
1: yeah.
8: I'm just telling you, is cat's, good. This cat's so, good. So let me—is uh, you
1: uh, your only concern from here on out? Is your only concern for your team d- the bullpen, or d- or is there any other concerns?
8: My concern is Dave Roberts, that he's going to be too loyal to a certain cl- a guy, a certain closer, and if he's too loyal to him, that might cause. But, you know, let this certain closer go out there and, and lose a game in the playoffs. and follow what it's going to take. And then after that, he'll put another guy because he's going to have a bevy of guys in the bullpen now. You know, Kevin, you see the to do it every year. Come full season, we're going to lose some of them starters and put them in the bullpen. Cause our bullpen's going to be fine. we got Tron coming back. we got Gratterall coming back. And then we got Justin May. I mean, we're going to be fine with the bullpen. I just need my manager to understand that this whole uh, – punk reliever well, from the Boston Red Sox is on. He ain't good no more.
1: No, I agree with you.
8: And I, if Dave Roberts understands that, he did it when we won the World Series. He backed off Kelly Jansen and He put you all into that closing at the end of that series, and we won it. And I think he, I think he needs to do that again. And uh, if he does it, we'll be good. I think so. But I can't wait. So I think everybody. I think it might be me and y'all again. Well, revenge.
1: We'll see. A lot, lot of games to play between now and then. I appreciate right. the call, sir. Thank you. Right. Take care. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
6: Yeah, um, Yeah. when I saw Drake get released, I was thinking that, um, you know, I think he was a nice acquisition. Makes
1: sense nice to me. Yes, yeah, sir.
6: Uh, but I guess you want to wait, though. You want to wait to see who else is going to get cut. Now, I heard, well, of course, you know when you do something like that, you risk on lose. You know, you risk losing that player to another team. Right. Because uh, I heard someone, you know, a Ravens a Ravens fan, and think about that Ravens, the that Alabama connection. You always see players from that uh, college university. Yeah.
1: yeah, they've had so many injured running backs. I can imagine that their fans are wanting that too. Yes.
6: Um. Ray Raiders, man. You think he have a uh, get some um, some playing time in the NFL?
1: I don't know. You know, if I thought he did pretty time? well in the preseason for the Raiders last year. He didn't stay around long, and he's done okay so far for the Rams. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen for him.
6: Yeah. Hey, man, hey what? What's the fascination of everyone? Get Jimmy G. Jimmy G. And then you hear some of the reports, like in the off season, this dude's just basically. Ignore team calls, the team officials. So I can't look good. You know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't hear too much of the media making a big deal about that. Well, no
1: one knew anything work. about that until like what was that? Like two weeks or so ago, whenever that okay, came okay. out. Okay.
6: Well, they know now. I don't yeah, know. yeah.
1: I think I think there's a good reason, and it's, I think the injury has something to do with it. But um, yeah, I think you know, there's not a lot of people calling about him for sure. Apparently, he hasn't moved yet.
6: Um, I see him in um, what team? Because I, I I see a team can use him, and I, I just don't think Cleveland's that team. I to I me mean, he doesn't have
1: an arm. Man. Yeah, I, I I would not want uh, him if I was Cleveland. I wouldn't pick him up. Um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. I know it's crazy as it sounds. If the Yucks do it just to have a veteran backup, because if Brady goes down, they got nothing behind.
6: Them. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, is Winston going to get any type of playing time?
1: I don't think so. But I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they'll risk it. But we'll see.
6: And w- one more thing. One more thing. Um, I don't know if I heard you. Well, I kind of. Michael Thomas hamstring issues. Did you t- did you talk about
1: that? No, I've been trying to ignore it. It's kind of a mind over matter right. thing. It's too depressing, but I don't think it's anything big, but yeah, I don't want I I you know, I don't know what to think of it. I don't want to build it up bigger than it is if it's not a big deal, but it certainly, you know, can be uh, potentially depressing after waiting for 2 years. Yes. All
3: right, thank you.
1: Thank you. I'm going to wait until we know if it's really something to worry about because I, I I don't even want to go to the edge of the cliff, much less jump off. I mean, it's possible I'll need to if that gets even worse. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
9: Kevin.
1: Howdy, sir. Oh, what's going on? Oh, man, we're just trying to get through the dog days of August, as they call them.
9: Yeah. Well, so – uh. And give you a little uh, analysis here, since uh, my team's nowhere close to being major league caliber. The Yankees trade deadline—they they don't get Castillo. They trade Montgomery, who's doing great, and they get Frankie Montas. They're worse off than they were before, and they weren't winning anything prior to that. For I know where they got your Yankee fan out there that likes to call in. A hey, Yankee fan, y'all ain't winning Jack,
10: okay? <laughs> uh,
9: <laughs> the, Houston, the Houston Astros are going to be uh, the AL pennant winner. Um, how's the Skectomy doing for y'all?
1: Who's that? Christian Vaskectomy. Oh, I I like him. I, you know, he, he he's he's not playing every day or anything. No, you? he doesn't. He plays what,
9: once every three games.
1: But but what he is, he pinch hits most games and he's he's a he's a good I like him because he just has that ability to to dump that one two pitch in the right field for a single with a runner on second and two outs. I, I really expect him to win one or two postseason games with some big hits late for us.
9: Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm also glad to hear you say he doesn't play every day. He's y'all's backup catcher. Right, and he is, what, yes. That, that's what he is. He's a backup catcher on a good team. He's a starting catcher on a crummy team, which is what Boston is.
1: But he has good at bats. He's a veteran hitter. He has better – like Candy's hit he, some for some pop, but he doing, has good at bats.
9: He's doing well this year, Kevin, but – Look at the back of his baseball card. He's not consistent. He's going to do one in the next year. If he's still on Astros, he's going to hit 222. Trust me. I've seen him for too many years. Uh, the Mets, I know they they getting all kind of love. Oh, DeGrom sure is at the sure is. Well, we saw what that does last night when the lowly Yankees uh, beat them. So, uh, it's still the Dodgers and Astros. I don't see any way around that. <clears throat> Y'all got McCullers back, although he wasn't as sharp in his second outing. But the Dodgers got uh, May back, so that's going to help uh, them out uh, tremendously. They still have Urias, and I know people aren't sold on Gonsolin, but you know. You-
3: He'll have an ERA yes,
9: yes. With right around
1: two, yeah,
9: uh, and it's fifteen and one. You know, with with a good bullpen, that's all he needs to go is five, six innings in the playoffs. So, I'm still pretty sold on uh, Dodgers and Astros as far as that goes. My club, you know, there's no hope for them until they get rid of Bloom and Cora. This organization's not going anywhere. So. Not a good thing there.
1: And I've got a Yankee fan friend who's been telling me for a long time, until the Yankees get new ownership, they're never going to do anything either. So, I don't know. We'll see.
9: Yeah. I true. got a Yankee buddy, too, in New Orleans. and He can't stand how. He's nothing like the old man. Nothing like the old man. He would have <laughs> solved all of these problems. <laughs> but... uh Five on days. Yes, sir. Okay, I care. appreciate I just it. I wanted to Thank- give you my synopsis, and I wanted to get an update on uh, how Vasquez is doing.
1: What about Mancini? Uh, he strikes out. He swings at too many pitches in the other batter's box for me, but he's gotten some big hits. He, he's doing okay.
9: Okay. And so you still think who's going to get in, Seattle, Toronto, Tampa Bay? I think You're not so. giving the Orioles a shot?
1: No, I'm not. No. I think that's what it's going to be. All right, well. We'll see. All right. All right, Kevin. Take Thank care. you. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Shift gears to high school football. We'll be talking with Southside High Head Football Coach Josh Fontenot next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day every day you're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station
1: welcome back to foot, footnotes on the game with Southwest Louisiana sports station your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros high school football Delta Media's got you covered We'll be giving you St. Thomas Moore on the game, 1037 Lafayette, the Acadiana Ruckin' Rams, FM 97.7 this year. The Karen Crow Bears on Z1059. The Southside Sharks will be on Mustang 1071. in Parish Game of the Week on 1063 Radio Lafayette. St. Landry Parish Game of the Week, News Talk 98.5, and the Bar Bucks on the game, one Lake Charles. We have with us Southside Hi, head football coach Josh Fontenot. How are you, sir?
7: I'm doing good, man. How are you?
1: Well, do you kind of feel like a scientist? You know, last year y'all kind of were mixing some, some things up, experimenting on offense and and kind of had some growing pains, and now you got a lot of guys back. This year you're kind of experimenting a little bit on defense.
7: I don't know if it's a scientist, but it, it's uh, it's keeping us on our toes, I'll tell you that much. Um yeah, we we just kind of trying to find what uh what fits our kids the best. This year offense we feel good about where we're at, you know, and, and understanding everything. And we we needed to make some changes on defense to fit our personnel and uh coach Mouton did a good job of finding something that we think will fit us now and in the future and uh we're going through it. We'll see how many growing pains we have with it.
1: So on the offensive side, I mean, I think you got like seven starters back. So what were the things that gave you trouble early on? And where did y'all get better at, at the, towards the end of the year? And then, uh, you know, what do y'all need to do to take that next step in this new offense this year?
7: Early on, it was, it was just the, um, the understanding of how much ball handling was involved uh, in the run game. And and getting those things clean, you know, we would be inconsistent. It would look good at times, and then at other times, all of a sudden we would mess it up, and it would kill a drive, or we'd put the ball on the ground. So as the year went on, that just got a little more second nature. And you, it's it's like anything else. You can practice it all you want, but until you do it live and in a game, it's just it's just different. And the other thing that we we started out slow with that really became an asset towards the end. Was how physical we were. And we were coming off of playing offense around here kind of in the flag football style, where we threw it way more than what we, we needed to or what we wanted to really. And, um, you know, we had to change our mindset mentally up front and, and in the backfield to be a physical team. Well, at the beginning of the year, that wasn't the case. And uh, towards the end of the year, it kind of got rolling a little bit with the boys understood what it took to play this style of offense. And then um, kind of took advantage, and, and it helped us at the end of the year that we were maybe a little bit more physical than physical than some of our opponents, which had never been the case. So moving forward, same thing. Now we should be able to start the season physical, and if there's something that we need to get better at throughout the year, it's going to be throwing the ball more consistently because I still believe with what we're doing, the the real threat of a of some kind of pass downfield has to be part of it for us to really be successful and right now and we're just not as consistent as we need to be we'll, we'll get some balls down the field we can throw and catch some but you know when we throw passes it's we're not going to throw a lot of them they better be completed and they better be for big plays so we have to get more consistent doing that
1: speaking with Southside high head football coach Josh Fontenot so to do what you want to do in this flex bone, obviously you got to have a quarterback that can handle it, and you've got an experienced one now in Landon Baptiste, and that's got to be comforting.
7: Very, very. You know, we're we're turning over more responsibility to him. We have uh, situations where he'll let him, let him choose between two to three plays to make sure we're in the right play. Um, formationally, he can understand. A lot of times with the flex bone, if you do a lot with your formations, it can – kind of manipulate who the dive key is and who the pitch key is. Uh, not every quarterback can handle that. And, and he's able to understand, you know, whatever formation we get in, who is the guy we're reading our, off of. Um, that helps a lot because now you can try to get people out of position with different formations. So uh, having Landon back there is great. And then we have a, a very solid backup in a kid named Andrew Angel who has really started to understand it well, and and he'll be a rep thing. So we're going to try to get Andrew a lot of reps early, especially um, in the Jamboree this Thursday. You know, Andrew's going to get some live reps with the ones. And the good thing about that is you take probably the best receiver we have on the team, not probably the best receiver we have on the team, and Landon, and you get to put him out there wide out. So uh, that might help with some consistency throwing the ball as well.
1: Now, you mentioned uh, Thursday. Refresh my memory. Y'all are playing who?
7: We're playing Bro Bridge this Thursday.
1: Bro Bridge Thursday. Now, tell me about the scrimmage and what progress was made there.
7: Scrimmage was good. It was uh, more progress on the defensive side. Offensively, we kind of went in knowing what we wanted to do and. Um, just, you know, went out, and I thought we executed well. We were physical from the beginning. That was one of the things we wanted to focus on. A lot of times this takes us a while to get going, but we were pretty physical from the beginning. And then defensively, you know, with the new defense, we we scrimmaged Turlings in the spring, and it didn't go very well. Uh, we gave up too many big plays, and we were just learning it. Well, you know, you go scrimmage Westgate, those guys are pretty good, and uh, held them to one big play that they scored on and then made them earn their other touchdown and other than that um we got them behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit which is a big part of this defense and uh, i thought we played uh as physical if not more physical than them at times so the um, progress was very a lot of progress was made on defense and really for the for the kids sake i think we as coaches we we needed to see it as well but You know, when you change something on high school kids, especially in a new offense or a new defense, and it doesn't go very well in the spring, um, they kind of get a little skeptical. And, you know, we asked them at the end of the scrimmage, like, you know, who didn't believe in this in the spring? And almost all of them raised their hands as a coach. We were really worried. But kind of speaks volumes of our kids. You know, they, they had some faith and they trusted us. And then after this fall scrimmage last week, they, they got a little more confidence. Okay, they can see where this stuff's going to work. And that was big for us because if they don't believe in it, then it's, it's going to be a struggle. But they're starting to see where it can be a fun defense to play in, and, and they really like it.
1: So what is the key to making this defense work as the season goes on? Is there certain personnel or just you know how you handle the scheme? Like, What's the key to making this defense successful as I, you move forward?
7: In, in my opinion, after being around it now, I guess, for four months, is, is a mindset of um, just kind of just cutting loose. And that's what it, it lets our kids do. There's, there's not much, uh, you know, basically it's, it's almost like a vocabulary lesson where we call, a, we call a word and they have a job. And it's very sound and it, it puts kids in the right position. But if you don't play with a kind of a, a terror or a relentless motor, it's not going to work. Like you, you have to play at a really high level. There's no, you know, extend your arms to the defensive lineman and see where the ball is going. It kind of takes some traditional things of, of what we've been taught of defense out. Where, no, instead of instead of looking at where the ball is going, just run through the guy in front of you, and then there's other guys that are going to take care of it from there. So, yeah, that's the that's a challenge where that level of energy is going to have to be played with the entire game and if you can do that then it becomes very hard for your opponent to match that energy level and uh, and that intensity level so that's the key yeah, everything else falls into place you still have to have good technique and and have to have be in the right position and know everything but um without the energy level and intensity level there, there's no shot
1: all right again we're speaking with Southside High head football coach Josh Fontenot and Look, it's no secret the two most successful programs that are in your district now that Karen Crow's back in recent years is a Katie who's won this district many years in a row, and Karen Crow who's been in who was in this district for years and then went to 4A, won a state championship a couple of years ago, and and the style a lot of a lot of running the football. Uh, with mm-hmm. those two programs, a lot of physicals on the line of scrimmage. So, how much of what y'all do is about matching those programs and trying to catch up to what, what they've done?
7: It, I tell you what, it it was part of the conversation for
1: sure. I
7: mean, um, you know, it, the biggest factor for us when what we try to do offensively and defensively when we made the switches both sides was is our personnel for our kids that um, matches them better, but at the same time, it, you you've got to play into, okay, if you want to win a state championship, which is the ultimate goal of anybody, or you even want to win a district championship, the team that's in your district and now the other one as well, they're physical and they just out out physical people when it comes down to it. So we weren't going to be able to beat them doing the things we were doing before because we weren't physical enough. So and you, and you see the success that uh, the Cadianas and the Karen Crows of the world have had. I've also looked at like at Church Point. Church Point's a traditional wing T team. They've been in the quarters and semifinals here in the last few years. So there's are starting to be, a, in my opinion, a conversion back to uh, success in some old school style of offenses because uh, a lot of high school teams do not want to play physical football anymore. So for us to be able to, match the teams we were playing we had to become more physical the way we decided to do that was changing up on offense and defense what we've done and I think it's helped you know we played Karen Crow close last year or, or, or towards for most of the game we gave Acadiana as much as we could handle uh you know last year we got closer to them so it's it it's coming like we're 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 able to hang around with those guys whereas before they just ran through us and we just we weren't even giving our kids a chance, you know. So it did it played into it. There's no there's no denying it. All
1: right. So uh, you are now in a huge district with a, you yeah. know probably as big a teams amount of teams in your district as anybody in the state. Maybe as a scheduler, I'm sure you love it. But tell us about the few non district games you have, and and are you do you fully embrace this huge district? I, I like
7: it. I like just just because what you said the scheduling. I hate I hate scheduling. Uh, I, I, it's like a uh, it's almost like a lobbyist. I would imagine in politics where you you trying to talk to this team and then they might have somebody else on the line. It, it's just a miserable process. But uh, yes, having to find two non district games was quite enjoyable. And this year we played Notre Dame uh, in the past. Coach Cook and I talked. We'd like to keep that game. That'll be week one, and then uh, week two, Cecilia. So. It's not like we went easy, you know. Um we we go uh Notre Dame, Cecilia and Carn that's our first three, except wow. being the district game. Yeah. So we'll we'll jump right into it. Um you know, Notre Dame, uh the good the good and the bad about playing Notre Dame is that you don't find many, if any, team more prepared in a week one situation than them. So uh you you got to go in there and really be ready to be disciplined and and get everything right to beat those guys. So that helps us to be that ready mentally. And then Cecilia's been super successful. They're they're going to be another good team this year. They're really really fast. Um, they have a lot of guys coming back. So uh, week one and two, it's it's uh, just strap it up quick because there's no there's no time to to warm up.
1: Absolutely not. That is uh, that's a really tough schedule, and like you say, some um, you know no you talk about being physical. I mean, Notre Dame's played physical yeah. football for years, and and, and I'm sure Cecilia is physical in spots, but also very fast in others. So that'll be it'll yeah. be it'll be very interesting. Dude, one one more question. You know, one of the sure. things that's been kind of weird about this district to analyze is obviously it was just awful what happened at Calcasieu Parish a couple years yeah. ago, but. Do you do you? Is there any way of judging the, the 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 team from that area, or is it still too early to know all that?
7: I, I mean, you know, we we talk to other coaches around. We, you know, I don't try to put much merit in that until you see them on film. But I don't think so. Uh, you got to think Barb's going to be better. I just because it's Barb. I mean, it's too much tradition there. They 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 have too much support. You know, they're going to be better than what they were last year sam houston's up and down i think in the uh, you know when we first got into the district sam houston was a really really talented team they weren't they were a lot they were young last year so i think they'll be better and sulfur uh they to me they've been the most consistent one they were the only ones that played um during the hurricane year when that all happened i think that helped them uh but you just you just don't know because uh, we just don't see those guys. We don't go yeah. to coaching clinics with them. We don't do seven on sevens with them. You can't really you can't really tell. So to answer your question, no, I don't. It's know. It's kind of a mystery uh, there. That's
1: what I was thinking very very as much, well. Yeah, very yeah. much.
7: But I, I'm pre- I'm prepared in my head for Barb to be a lot better than what they were last year, and Sam Houston as well. And then far, I think, will uh, be the same. They'll be consistent. I don't know that they're any better or worse. I just don't know until you see them.
1: All righty, sir. Uh, it's always a great time talking to you. I appreciate it very much, and good luck to y'all. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Josh Fontenot. I'm so old, I remember watching him as a high school football player. You know, going to Bill Platt and watching him play at Sacred Heart, and, uh, and I've covered him for years now. Um, Of course, a lot of these coaches I talked to, I, I covered them when they played high school football, but that's, uh, that's what happens when you're. When you're old. But it'll be very interesting to see how the Sharks. No, that is a tough, tough uh, pre district and early. You know, they're gonna, they got to hit the ground running for sure. And again, you can hear all the exciting Southside Shark football on our family of stations, Mustang 1071 FM. We'll take a timeout and we'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The Little MVPs. The Little MVPs. Now, a Major League Baseball team that struggles to win games despite having multiple MVP winners on its roster. Also known as the Los Angeles Angels. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote. And footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: (coughs) Welcome back to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, the game hotline is 706. 011-706-011. 011-706-011. If you would like to get in, talk about high school football. We just got off the phone with Southside High football coach Josh Fontno. Scheduled tomorrow is St. Thomas More offensive coordinator Shane Southwall. So we'll be talking a lot to high school football. So if you want to talk about that, certainly do so. If you want to talk about We talked about a little little bit the first hour, just touched on it in the second hour. Cajun's named the starting quarterback in Chandler Fields. Um, Major League Baseball, the Saints, I don't know if you heard, but I think they need a running back, and Kenyon Drake could be available. So we'll see if that becomes the latest target and see how that might work out with the Saints. Before we do all that and get into some of that, I would like to remind you the game clubhouse. To join by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com could help you win such prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Boring Grill, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. You can only score all these great prizes if you join the clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right, uh, speaking of the Jamboree, and I'm not going to mention all of them, but I'm going to mention, uh, if you did not hear or heard and you're wondering, the ones that are going to be played at Cajun Field, the Kiwanis Club Jamboree, and they're going to be doing the um, the crying towel luncheon uh, with these teams uh, very shortly now at the Petroleum Club. But on the, the Thursday schedule at 6 o'clock, it's Turlings versus Como, followed by Karen Crow versus St. Martinville, an outstanding uh, matchup. And then Southside, as Coach Fontenot mentioned, will play Bro Bridge in the the finale on Thursday. Friday's schedule includes Lafayette High versus Notre Dame. So I'm sure Coach um, Fontenot and his staff will be looking at that game very closely. Lafayette High is in their district, and they open with Notre Dame, as you just heard. The second game is Cecilia, who they're going to be playing in what I think he said week three. Uh, no week 2 cuz the third game is Karen Crow, and against St. Thomas More and then the finale on Thursday, on Friday is Northside versus Acadiana so um lots of uh, teams hoping to uh, make make some progress answer some questions before the season opener on what is that September 1st or 2nd let's go back to the game hotline talk to our old friend here hello
11: Morning, Kevin. How are you?
1: Good morning, sir.
11: Listen, I, I called in of Coach Fontenot. Uh, am, am I correct that they were initially on the select side after they did this last little thing, but they petitioned to go? I mean, uh, yeah, to be uh, you know non-select. Is that? y'all talk right. about Right. No, I, you know we
1: we did address that. I have asked him that before. And every sign, you know, there's every re- there. there is no reason to for them to be on the private school side, and so well, I,
11: I, that's what I heard. I, I, we were talking about that at the scrimmage the other day, and uh, somebody mentioned that you know, the that there was really no reason because they don't have an academy or they really don't get kids from uh, from out of zones, so right? And them. so you know, I discussed I, I didn't know. I didn't know if they uh, if they had. Got yeah, that decision that
1: decision like is not going to be made. I think sometime the the beginning of first week of September they're going to have that meeting, okay. right. yeah. and, and so right. we'll know. Okay. And every expectation is that they'll be with the public schools. Yes.
11: Yeah, yeah, I, I heard that too. I just was wondering if they had that decision yet. Yeah. No. Yeah, Kevin, well, it's going to make for some. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you know, we've had uh, discussions before, and. But uh, I, I really think uh, they need to do something about the playoffs. I mean, it, just some of it's just terrible, Kevin. I mean, you know, you, when you when you have games that, you know, you, you don't even have any competition till you get to the quarterfinals and sometimes not even, not even in. I, I think it's going to make the playoffs a lot better and much more interesting to, uh, you know, to be involved in. So I think it's going to be a good thing. All right, man, listen, uh, don't worry, Kevin.
1: Can you give don't me worry. a running back?
11: Hey Kevin, don't worry, Verlander's pitching tonight. You
0: don't
1: oh, have to no, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I, 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 I'm sure there's a psycho Met fan like me He's going, don't worry, Max sures is pitching. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs>
11: how, how did exactly. that help him against the Braves? No, how did that pitching. help him That's against about, the Yankees? Like say, they're human, and they only pitching. So, I mean, you know... If they give up one run, it could be too many. So, that, that's a very I – mean, listen, you, know, you you already know. I mean, listen, a good pitcher gives you a better chance to win. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But, but any day that a guy takes a mound in the major leagues, you don't know. You never know what you're going to get. You might get a donkey who just brings it and you can't touch him. I mean, you know, LSU has seen – I've seen that with LSU. Somebody's throwing a donkey and they can't touch him, and uh, and you know, so it, it, when a guy takes a mound, a professional, you never know what you're gonna get. But uh, you know, I just want I wanted to throw that in there, Kevin. All right, man, I'll holler at you later.
1: And you know, Manny is a nice guy, and I love when he calls. We've known each other for years, and I enjoy talking to sports for him. But I mean, he like in other words, the man uh, was trying to get my blood pressure up. You know, is what he was trying to do here. So it was funny, though. So I guess it was it's a good idea. Oh, man. But, no, it is – Um. I mean, I hope they win with Verlander and win the last two times. Maybe he's due again. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
10: Morning, Floyd. What a glorious
1: Yankee day it is, isn't Boy, it? I bet <laughs> you enjoyed that victory last night.
10: Ooh yeah, man! Even though y'all try to jinx us, we don't need y'all pulling for. Because
1: every time y'all do, is all about
10: the jinx. We know what this is. Ooh, you know, but I want to say that guy's very creative. You know, talk about a genius with that weenie in beer, man. That going to show you the creativity, non-delusional about a Yankee, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. I yeah, but why would
1: you? Man. Why would you ruin a perfectly good hot dog? to make it a straw when you already have one? I think he even perfected it. Oh.
10: He he, he need to put a patent on that. Ah, ah, ah. i like just going to show the creativity, foot. I mean, come on, man. You can't get it nowhere else. No, I, I, you know
1: you know what that tells me? That the Yankee fans have been driven absolutely bonkers by their awful August, that they're all losing <laughs> their minds, in which I get. I mean, I sympathize with that emotion, but I think that's what's going on. The Yankees' play in August has driven them all crazy. That's, that's your delusional setting man.
10: Left foot. I know that you had some delusional fans call in today. I got to address it. For one, just when I thought the man came to his senses, he was on the tenth to become a Yankee, he went back being delusional. Jew was that close. What that are you talking close. about? You. Why? was that close. I mean, you heard him all <laughs> season so far about his ugly socks. I told you, I said, the man will be a Yankee. The man is coming over just like his players, the Babe and the rest. You know, they all come jump to be the Yankees. So, I mean, he just went back being delusional, you know. So, I definitely want to let him know that after this month, it's uphill for the Yankees. And we're going to go all out and win the World Series. I want him to know. Y'all heard it from me. We're going to get back healthy, right? It's going to be a takeoff. just like the planes. And we're going to take off and we're going to win the World Series. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Now, he's welcome now to sign that application and join us. And join us. I'm, I'm, I'm offering that to him. You know what you sound like?
1: And I can't remember the guy's name. You sound like that old Houston Oiler coach from the early 70s. We got to find that clip. <laughs> oh, Pre-game speech Ryan. of the Houston Oiler coach from the early 70s. <laughs>
10: Last but not least, though, I don't know about that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm about to see what you're talking about before I add that look for that one. <laughs> but you know, I love what Joey called, man. That's the only man that can get your blood ball in the way he But he's do. wrong.
1: I the cat mean, wants to draft a quarterback. Man. Is
10: he crazy? We don't need to draft no quarterback. I ain't going to lie. I really don't disagree with him, but that. what I have to on that part there. But I mean, look, he did have a lot of great takes. I would love to hear y'all two in a 30-minute segment debating because y'all go at it, foot. Y'all go at it, man. We've been arguing
1: for years. (laughs) Absolutely.
10: But I'll let you go, foot. I just want to say this. Go
11: Yankees. Uh,
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on the game.
11: Here's our game plan. We're going out there this this first half, we're going to explode like a bomb. Then the second, we're just going to get higher. Third quarter, we're going to get higher. And the fourth quarter, we're just going to catch on fire. And that's our game plan. And let's just go out and
7: do it that way.
1: (laughs) That's Bill Peterson. He actually coached at LSU early and as an assistant coach in his career. And he was the head coach of the Houston Oilers in the early 70s. That was his pregame speech. That somehow, when Paul was talking about how the 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 Yankees were going to just elevate and get get on fire, whatever he said, made me think of Bill Peterson's famous, infamous pregame speech. Cats are going to just going to explode like a bomb, and it is going to catch on fire, just like that. I don't know. I think it's hilarious, Bill Peterson. It's amazing. I mean, he's got how many? Organizations and the Saints were one of them, just completely inept in that era. And it's just, just funny, Bill Peterson, his infamous pregame speech. Paul said the Yankees are going to, when they get to September, they're going to just catch on fire. They're just going to explode like a bomb, and they're going to just catch on fire we'll see how that plays out. But the Astros are playing at home against the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa coming back to Minute Maid Park, I'm sure I don't know. I I don't think they'll boo. I think it'll be all, you know, again. I if if Carlos Correa goes to the Yankees or the Punks or does one, you know, one of these um high price, and he goes to the highest bidder, then I'll lose a lot of respect for him. But if he go, you know, I don't know where he's going to sign. No, he's not going to resign with the twins. But, you know, if he goes to some other place and helps rebuild, I got no issues with him. None. I'll have no issues with him. I'll only have an issue if he goes to like to the highest bidder. And he just, uh, you know, I won't, I'll, I'll lose respect for him for that. But Uh, If he goes to the punks or the Yankees, but if he didn't go, if he goes anywhere else, I'll I'll be. So I I think Astro fans will will give him a standing O, and they'll probably give him some sort of, they probably got some sort of special video of his, you know, everything he did for the Astros while he was here. And he was part of rebuilding the franchise. And so I I got, I got no issues with him at this point, but I want to beat him. Don't get me wrong. And he really hasn't had that good of a year for the twins. But, uh, but you can hear that game right here on, Uh, The game, 103-7, Lafayette 104-1, Lake Charles. Uh, Astros, you know, we talked about the little MVPs. They're going to be playing. They got like six games left with the little MVPs. After they play this week, they play the Twins, and then they play the Orioles, two teams that are in the wild card hunt. And then after that, they play. There's a lot of little MVPs. Uh, about six games with them, and they got to play the Rangers for six, and I think they're having one more series with the A's. So they could make some hay if they could figure out how to beat teams that are out of the hunt. They haven't been real good at that. They've been okay at it, but not real good at it this year. So hopefully they can kind of do a good job of beating the teams that are out of the race and get some – Get some distance between them and the, and, and the Yankees. We'll see how that plays out. Appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate Josh and Michael coming on. Y'all have a nice day.